ushering us again here and it's another one of those monday days uh monday monday can't trust that day some of you probably cody had an email old enough to remember that one uh radio ranch roger says your host people's patriot network our venue it is that as i said and alluded to that monday edition and cody and brent our buddy brent from clark county now out there are on with us we're just kind of kicking the breeze a little bit for you guys got on with us and i was telling Cody to back down a little bit on his story so we could all hear it for the first time together. That's one thing I really like about what we do, Cody, is the spontaneity. I, I've just always insisted on spontaneity because you can't fake it, you know. And right. then you can uh, you, you deal with important things as they come up rather than some, no, we're not talking about that today, uh, kind of. You've heard people say that. And I understand that. Yeah. It's just I'd rather have this is this forum was established to get the in, this information into the public domain, and it's yeah. morphed and 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 changed as we've gone forward through the other changes. And uh, I really like what it is right now. I look forward to being with you guys. I know a lot of you folks look forward to spending your time here and uh, gaining what comes out of these spontaneous discussions with a number of people that have spent a lot of time doing research on their own and formulating their own different concepts about the situation and uh, to get together and be able to mix those is a unique unique forum I think welcome Daryl um, so anyway we'll kick off a lot of stuff going on of course uh, one of the things that might as well kick it off because it's kind of what we center around here normally uh, several people, Cody, I think you posted it, and then Amanda sent it to me uh, on uh, okay. out of uh, uh, using the 14th Amendment basically to quell the insurrection. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, I would say, you know, Cody, that there's a lot of attorneys that that have their whole practice and their whole career on one statute. You know that you broke up. What what statute? There are, there are attorneys that specialize that have their whole career that they don't do anything but deal with one statute. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. And so I would tell you that I've never really dealt much on the Fourteenth Amendment except the first clause. There's a lot there following it. The other one that comes into play that you'll hear people discuss at times is uh, the equal protection clause which is what follows the an opening clause, and it says that the new federal citizens uh, have the equal protection just the same as, and it says it in the United States Code to this day. You can go to Title 42. I'm not much on quoting statutes and stuff around here, but you can go to Title 42, and that's the Civil Rights Code section of the code. Well, that has to deal with the federal citizens' civil rights, okay? And in there, I believe it's 1983, and it's in two of those statutes, and it says the citizens of the United States are uh, equal to all the uh, privileges and immunities of the white citizens. Now, it says that right in the United States Code this day and has since the middle of the yeah. 1800s, okay? 
So that's the equal protection clause. And then it goes into, I know a little bit further down, it goes into nobody's got the ability to question the debt. You don't think they were thinking ahead? Nobody's got the ability to question the national debt. So anyway, in this article, and he goes on to quote some of the uh, the other parts, I guess, that are in there about anybody and insurrections, and it still had a kind of a residual effect of the uh, war to bring in the civil law. Thank you, Daryl. But what I wanted to read was the health rangers, one, cent, one paragraph here. In essence... Hey, Roger... Let everybody know that it's on naturalnews.com. It's still at the top. Okay, well, we could have told them that. Uh, I'm just going to make a weapon if they I'm, want to. Pull I'm it. just going to make a comment. As Mike Adams, that's his sure. site, naturalnews.com, and uh, he does in his in his field he does exemplary work. Okay, uh, here I'm going to read yep. you this paragraph. In essence, the Fourteenth Amendment grants capital A American citizens quotation marks, equal protection under law. But for public officials or states which are engaged in, quote, insurrection or rebellion against the United States, those equal protections are revoked. I want they're not American citizens, Mike. They're federal citizens, okay? And... The equal protection that it affords them was against the previous people that, uh, and the other existing political status even today, the white citizens, as it states in Title 42, Section 1983. Now, I go back, and one of the things that aggravates, you know, I've had to take all this stuff in stride over the years, Cody, and it's been a real training. Uh, it, it's been wonderful training for me personally. Uh, to not get in hissy fits and to understand things and be able to bring myself under some kind of control when it, it, it on what's happening and personally grounded, if you will. Uh, you put out, I think back to, I was on Joyce Riley's show three times. It, all Alex Jones people always listen, and Alex too for most of her shows because I hear them talk about it, you know. And so n- never was he open at all to this information, and it's too bad. You know, as mentioned in the other day, if Alex would have known this and this had been spread, that poor girl up there, little blonde cutie reporter that got her kids almost taken away wouldn't have had to go through this. People like Mike Adams who associated with him would understand that those aren't American capital A citizens. They're federal citizens and the difference, and we'd be a lot further along, you know. And those kind of things, you know, as they as they popped up in the path and I had to deal with them were quite frustrating. But anyway, we are where we are. That's why we've got this. That's why this is not knowledge that for whatever reason, everybody's supposed to know. I don't know why that is. Evidently the big guy thinks that's the way it's supposed to be. And I got to work within it. So I try to, and it's, uh, it's helped me out. It's helped me grow actually with my own personal temperament a bit, Cody. So, anyway, let's see. It looks like Chris has joined us. I think Brian's maybe there. Uh, So, this uh, – he's got the other option, and I guess this is where the Insurrection Act would come from, of going in, and there's specific mentions in there like domestic violence and things like that. I'd say we're having domestic violence in a few places. Uh, So, we'll see what he does. Um, 
uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, the um, I one thing I wanted to mention was a video I sent out. I believe it was Gary, South Florida Gary, sent it to me Friday, and it was uh, ca called the Riding the Red Dragon, I believe, and it was a Blaze, which is uh, oh, what's his, what's the Mormon guy's name? And I can't uh, uh, that uh, has his own channel. Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. Gl Blaze, and that Glenn was a, a very well produced ex expose on exactly how damn dirty the Biden family political enterprise is, and boy, they are filthy dirty that bunch right there. Okay. And I'll put that at the end of today's show description because I was so struck with it. I knew that some bitch was dirty, but holy smokes. And the way the guy lays it out is he's all these peripheral companies they've spun off and straw men companies and the way they've infiltrated it, he takes stick pins and puts them on a cork board and connects them all with different colored string. And it's amazing. You got to see that, right, Daryl? No, I, I didn't see it yet. Oh, boy. Well, it's it's pretty hard-hitting little expose. It's worth spending 20, 30 minutes watching it. Um, found out that the uh, the little Jew thug that got shot in the head in uh, Wisconsin last week, his three sexual offenses, they weren't with little girls. They were for raping little boys between 9 and 12 years old. So that came out. Um what else is interesting for you guys that you saw over the weekend? Well, if I can, sure. uh, just for a minute, uh, before you leave the 14th Amendment, the uh, the provision is for rebellion. And uh, the, the question that nobody seems to be asking uh, is, in the Fourteenth Amendment, the Fourteenth Amendment identifies that it was uh, equal to white people, but it doesn't define equal to what. So the the eighteen seventy five Equal Rights Amendment, eighteen seventy five Equal Rights Amendment was equal to equal to who, but not what. It, do you uh, are we living in a in a, uh, a reality construct where people are intentionally illiterate? What? Well, let me give okay. you. Okay, what what is the what they were equal to? What, um, Cody? What what were they equal to? Hey, uh, let, let me, me ask Cody. Cody, find out what were they equal to? We have uh, mute there. Oh no, yeah, somebody. Hey, whoever there. Okay, it's gone. Uh, whoever is that you, Alan, or is it Alan or Amanda? Hey, I'm here. Okay, Amanda, oh, stick your mute on if you could. Your little background noise there. Thank you, sweetie. If you want to talk now, you just uh, knock it off and come on. Uh, I wanted to also, before you ask Cody that question, see, Cody posted a uh, in our PPN forum over there on WhatsApp. Cody posted something right before the show, and he was uh, about the Border Patrol going in and buying some independent data and using a app which can't doesn't identify the phone user, but it identifies the location of the phone user, and they could sit there and zap in on 
where you are, where your house is, where you're dwelling, and uh, that that goes around the Fourth Amendment, and it's the first time an agency's done it. And then Cody made the comment, I'm tired of the people using the government, using the people's money to circumvent the Fourth Amendment, something like that, you know, they, Cody, right? They spent almost $500,000 yeah. buying the data, and I'm sure Cody, more to who, that who did it? Who did it? Who who did it? Who the federal government about? did it. No, no, no. The, 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 an agency did it. Department of Homeland oh, Security. Uh, Homeland Security. Yeah. Okay. All right. So where does that yeah, mean they, that? They, okay. Hold on. Where does that mean that falls? There's Chris. Even Chris's dog wants to answer that question. Where does that mean that yep. falls? That falls under the Fourteenth Amendment, or else the agencies wouldn't be involved. Only people they got jurisdiction over are serfs, and they don't have access to the Fourteenth Amendment. Those are God-given protections, not men-given rights. That dog seems to know whenever I open the phone to talk, and she barks on cue, so she's pretty savvy. Uh, the, one of the things I was going to suggest that was offering on the conversation at hand with the agencies is the Homeland Security Agency has con has invented its own advanced research projects instead of ARP, uh, DARPA, it's now HASARPA. And so it was uh, very suggestive of some troubling things. And of course, the uh, oh, the Shadowgate thing brought up the Dynology and uh, a bunch of different of these shadow government entities that are owned by private individuals that are owned by prior military guys and uh, deep state operatives and it's very very dangerous having all of our uh, congress and senate and other agencies data held over in germany and israel of course they're called private part private public partnerships for god's sakes I mean, so, but the, the point of the story, that's all for the serfs. Yeah, but the reality is, Roger, they probably, I doubt that they are uh, throwing out the data. Well, it's, it's data that they don't know whose phone it is, I guess, until they do more research. But, you know, they're not going to okay. throw out the people that are not citizens. <laughs> you don't. It, it. If you go to court, maybe then you can make that argument. Well, it's the border patrol. I, it's the border patrol, and they're trying to find illegals with it. Okay. We don't really know exactly what they're doing. Maybe that's why they harassed me at the border because they seen that I'd spent time in Ecuador. Who knows? Because don't know. But know, I do know one thing. I mean, who knows? Because I spent time in Morocco a year ago. Who knows? They, you know. But my comment, so Cody, you got to draw this line in your mind, man. You've been hanging around here for almost two years. Okay. The, the American people are in servitude, voluntary servitude. Every time any of them are asked, they answer yes and sign something, just like you've always done. I know, you know, I know what you're saying, Roger, but they also, they still, you know, it's all been a fraud because they, assume it's, that they have to give you, to them, you they know? have to give you an illusion of access to it to pull off the fraud. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. You always act like I'm disagreeing with you. I don't. I know. It's well, no, I just, I, you know, but, but my point is I can see your thinking hasn't changed because you're making public comments. 
I'm just making a point of it. It's no big deal. Well, I, I mean, don't have to agree with. I don't have to agree with the fraud and support it just because you you know. Well, no, they, but, they but say it's no, so. but the what? Okay, so why go along with it instead of exposing it? I mean, that's what we're here to do is expose it. I did. I had a blowhorn going telling about 500 militia members about it. You know. <laughs> okay, never mind. Point. That issue. You missed talking, Cody. You missed talking. the point. Uh, let's move forward. Sending me messages. What else did uh, people, Daryl? I cut you off in the middle of something with Cody. Wait a minute. Let's go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, So the 14th Amendment. You're a little garbled today. Well, I don't know. That's better. Let me let me try this. Let me try this. Uh, So the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment gave freed black people men uh, equal rights to white men. Correct? This stuff, can we all agree on that? No. Okay. It, no. No. I don't agree didn't. on that. It no, it didn't? Okay. No. All right. Well, it, 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 we'll, we'll then don't disagree and say why. Because the white men still had God-given rights. They got their rights through the federal government oh, and right. this new okay. status, and they have federal yeah. civil rights yeah. and their privileges Okay. their small R rights. Yeah, okay. Oh. All right. All right. So that's, the, that's an important distinction. That's an important distinction. Okay. So they gave them... Uh, privileges that were equivalent to the equal uh, to the rights of white men. Very good. This is an important distinction. Uh, equal. So that was who, but what was it equal to, Cody? It, it it's a, there's a distinction here. Roger just drew out the who. So there this there's another distinction. What was it? What was it equal to? It was. It's already Double been said. Rights, right? It, no, it was equal to the Bill of Rights. <laughs> okay. The civil rights were the privileges that were supposed to be legally equal to the lawful Bill of Rights of this thing you call the Constitution. So you, people, people run on in their mind and their mouth without providing the distinction the, the distinct if you if you don't get to the punchline, it becomes lost in a conversation of words, and there's no context. It's over. Let me give yeah, you. It, it, this happens. This happens all the time, even with people who know what they're talking about, and they blow by it. So when they say civil rights are equal, equal to who and what? Stop. And force the answer. Force the answer. Under the great (laughs) category of rights, there's two subdivisions. There's a subdivision called political rights, and there's a subdivision called civil rights. The political rights are you to hold office and all that other stuff and vote. And the civil rights are the rights that you have among other men and people in the society. And you see what they've given given you is the civil rights, but they didn't give you the political rights. They because the political rights are over an entity in bankruptcy, and all you're doing is electing people that are trustees to help okay. guide the bankruptcy. It's, so, so Rogers, Rogers just did something really important there. He made another distinction, 
and it'll be lost on everybody listening here if I don't do this. Okay. They are different societies. Get this in your head. The Civil Rights Federal Society is a different society than the Constitutional Bill of Rights Society. They are different. I, I know this. Different politic, political rights. It's a different. About- it's a different society. It is a completely different political society. They, political they've society. they've yeah, blended the white, one, the old one out, Cody. That's why you have the state of North Carolina, and John Ainsworth up there for over fifteen years has reinstituted North Carolina state which was that previous to the war to bring in the civil law governmental system that hasn't been staffed. Okay. So, so under the 14th Amendment, where it specifically talks about rebellion and uh, Mike Adams' illiterate understanding of this, he says, well, these people are in rebellion. We can use the 14th Amendment, and this does nothing for you if you're of this different society. Okay? They're in rebellion. I'm not. Okay? Uh, uh, if, if, you, if you, as a 14th Amendment, small c uh, citizen, uh, are trying to counter... The, the uh, federal government, you are in rebellion. Okay? I'm not. Uh, the exact language, so, except for purposes of being in rebellion out of the 14. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is where the kind of the rubber hits the road here, kids. You know, you have to have this squared away in your mind or it's you just do. all going to run in circles. It's, it's, it's goulash. OK, it's not it's not eggs and bacon. It's goulash. And and you, you start to conflate all this into a pile of, of oatmeal. It's mush and there's no traction because you have to draw out the distinctions just like I'm trying to do here. OK, you have to lock these distinctions in. Like I said, they and, set and, us up and not just run by them. They set us up with generalities. We use these words in all these general terms, and then they come back and take one element of it that's highly specific, and they come back and zap you with it. You've got to get down to the well, specifics the, the, if you want to understand with it, deal yeah. with it, live outside of it, or live sanely inside of it if you still want to do that. Let me throw up. If you want to. Yeah, go ahead. Chris. An additional ahead. log on the flyer. Although you have your political and your so-called just civilis city denizen rights, you also have your natural rights, some call them fundamental rights that came from God, that existed prior to the creation of constitutions of men and women. That's what we're talking about. And this is where, this is what we're talking about. And anything else, you either go to men's law or God's law, as serfs or slaves or lords or masters, it's bond servants or there's, it, there's only two two statuses when it comes down to it. There's only two kinds of laws too: what uh, uh, prohibita, mala prohibita, and mala in se. 
A crime in itself is a mal in se, that's common law. Mala prohibita is man's laws. You only get your laws from two places, either from nature and nature's God or from man. You can't get them any other place. Yeah, and, you know, once you mix the peanut butter with the honey, you can't get them apart Ooh, again. I did that over okay. the weekend. Okay, and... and yeah, it, yeah it, this is what happens to your mind. If if you mix it, if you're mixing these two elements together, uh, let me see. How would I say this? Or isn't be articulate about it? You're screwed. Okay, and, if you if you mix these two together, you will never get them separated, yeah. and everything you do will be of no effect. And what you're everything. really dealing with that you call law and think of as law, Cody. Many other people, not just to zero you out is really public policy. Public policy are the regulations that are promulgated by all this 350-something agencies out there right. that are published in the Federal Register that either can apply to you or, or statements to the agency. And that's what people yeah. use. It's those agency guys that come bang on your door, generally. You know? Yeah. What's, well, what's, this what's, is what's another fact. Well, Another me, function of this. Let's keep go ahead, Cody. Question go ahead. Here. Well, go let ahead. me let me do this exercise here, so that doesn't we don't get into a confusing ball here. Let's say I set up a table somewhere, the gun show, or maybe in one of these black communities, and I and I educate them a little bit, get them to sign an affidavit. How do I very quickly tell them how they are supposed to um, fulfill or use their new political status well you see that's why i say this isn't a paper game cody this is a learning game okay this has got to start with education man you're wanting to do something hustle up a bunch of people and go invade the castle it's just not going to happen yeah, get some numbers yeah okay this doesn't happen quickly i'm sorry i've done my best man to be able to simplify it and i've been working on you for almost two years and here we are with this line still not clearly drawn yet well, no, well, let me see if I can rough. answer your question with a quote from one of the founders. Those who want to be ignorant and free want what never was and never will be. Yeah. Hey, Roger. Do it. Yeah, who's there, Bob? This is Bob. Bob, Bob, Bob. Yeah, Bob. I'd like to elaborate a bit on what Daryl was saying about two societies, or not even two, multiple societies. And, you know, I'm raising my daughters to try to understand this. And it, <laughs> it is kind of like pushing a rock uphill, because uh, not that they're obtuse, but rather the society we're immersed in, the societies we're immersed in, are so counter to my goal which i don't think is simply my goal i think it's god's will so at any rate the thing about two societies or multiple societies daryl i like that and the way i describe it to them is families because it's something they can get my rules don't apply when you're visiting with someone else up to the point you know i mean this is sketchy i understand no analogy is perfect but my rules apply in my house 
my overarching ideals may apply when you're at somebody else's house, but their rules apply. If they say you can eat popcorn on the couch, fine. You ain't doing it at home, but it's not a sin, you know. And so <clears throat> it's just a it's just a word picture that I like to use to, I think, very nicely describe in a way that anybody can understand the idea of all these families living together, but they've all got different rules. Doesn't matter. They still coincide rather, rather nicely or coexist rather nicely. And uh, just a just a little word game I like uh, or a picture I like. And also, you know, the thing about public policy, I'll go back to what I said a couple of weeks ago. The police enforce the policies of the politicians who run the metropolis. Are you a member of the mother city? Ah, <laughs> Maybe you're that not point, in that society. To that point, that kind of brings us back to what Ralph's been bringing up on his investigations to the administrative state and the codes of federal regulations, which you can't tell by looking at them easily whether they've been made to be positive law to cover everybody or merely private purposes. And what we really see is almost all of these agencies and this so-called public policy is really private policy. These are private agencies, and they use them for public purposes. They wouldn't. Uh, a public accommodation, I think, is a term that applies very well. They wouldn't be an agency if there wasn't somebody it had jurisdiction yeah. over to serve. Okay. Yeah. Now, Chris, you made a statement that you can't tell with the regulations, and that's not correct. Okay. There's three types of regulations. They're spelled out. You have to go and read some court cases. Brown versus Chrysler, I think, is one of them that was heavily into the regulations. And just, it's in my book twice. I'll go over here on a thumbnail. There's three types, and there's only one type that has what they call general applicability, which means it applies to all the serfs. Okay, and those have to go through a specific process in the way they're promulgated, and it's called notice and comment, once again, which is based on due process, notice and comment, notice and the right to be heard, and those have a notice period or a comment period, and when they're, when they're promulgated, it'll say notice of rulemaking at the top in big bold letters and then at the bottom you've got 30 or 60 days to comment on the proposed regulation it says notice of proposed rulemaking when it gets through that period supposedly they look at the comments they come back and adjust it or whatever they want to do and they publish it a second time and it says notice of final rulemaking and then it's got a date at the end when it takes effect, and it can't take effect actually till 30 days after that date. So there's a very formal process they have that, that they go through with those for general applicability. I know Ralph's familiar with all that. That's a notice Roger. of proposed rulemaking. 
Yeah, somebody wants to The, the other ones are just for internal or for rule clarifications inside the agencies. They're called statements of policy, and the other one is called interpretive for internal interpretation at the agency. And that's what they're doing. They, The IRS on me used that notice for books and records, a summons, and they want to go to the bank and, you know, all that stuff, and I decided to fight them, see? And uh, I went back and researched. That's when I learned all this stuff about the regulations, was fighting them in that case. And I went back and found that the regulation they're using for all that summon stuff, they're all interpretive regulations. They've never, they didn't go through notice and comment, and they're only internal for the IRS. Ralph says he has deeply researched them. And he cannot find one that ever went no. through the full process no. to become no. broadly general no. applicable well, they don't have positive to. law. They don't have to because the tax system is on is voluntary, and they don't want to expose the fraud, just like this little switch in the status. They don't want to expose the fraud of push code 09. And, in fact, well, now, since not- it was brought up by John and them in that case, by Glenn and that law firm, there's a national, what do they call it, Chris, when they have a national moratorium against anybody bringing that up in the federal court system? Yeah, a referendum. They refuse to hear it. It's not truly uh, Roger. voluntary, Roger, Roger, right? I mean, Roger, this is Samuel. Hold on, Cody. I'll get back to you, Samuel. Um, He's fighting smoke, fires, yes. and lack of electricity Roger. out there in California. Let him in. Well, yeah, I'm a. There's, I think, uh, 27 fires right now. Um, I'm in the middle of it. I'm about a hundred mile radius from all of it, but uh, ash falls on the property all the time. Wow. It's pretty awful. Uh, pretty overcast and stuff all the time. Anyway, um, I had an analogy that I think that's absolute and I think might help Cody. And, uh, you know, uh, Satan can't make a law like God's. He has to counterfeit it always. Right. It's always that difference, and that's what we're really fighting here. We're, we're fighting the counterfeit of what God's laws are. Yep. Yep. Cody, back to your tax question. It is a voluntary system. Well, well, I thought you said it's it only applies to the District of D.C. and federal employees. No, 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 Cody. How many times? How many times have I quoted Section One Point One Dash One A of Twenty Six Title CFR? An income tax is levied on all individuals who are citizens of the United States and residents. And to the extent of 871B and 877B, all non-resident alien individuals. That's who... who, but who you, oh, okay, but you also said that it was only passed by the House of Representatives that's correct. tax laws. That's correct. And, and it only applies to D.C. if it's only passed by the House no, of Representatives. No, well, if you're a resident of Indiana, you're under the laws of D.C. How many times have you told them you're a resident? Yeah. How many? Yeah. I mean, you know, thousands? Yeah. Okay. Well, sure. well, what are they supposed to think? 
Can you guys kind of clarify with, with me? They say that if it's the state of, it becomes the administrative state of the federal government. How is that or why is that? So politically, they, this is what they've configured. The, they've configured these as political subdivisions after the Civil War and the federalization of the country. Plain but if simple. that's not in the Constitution, how have they pulled that off? Cody, extra-constitutional. Well, I'm going to get you, you a T-shirt. Extra-constitutional. It is completely without the Constitution. It is not within it. It is above and beyond and different. It's another society. Or, have they, have they, or maybe they've equivocated because everybody... Oh, they've equivocated. Uh, they've done know. a bunch of equivocation. <laughs> uh, that would be Cody. a statement. <laughs> Cody... Cody, the the states have never reassembled. The states have never reassembled. They they conduct they conduct their op, they conduct their policies, their executive policies through a process called interregnum. Okay, and a, a, the states have never reassembled. Okay, this is the, that's why it's a different constitution. It's their corporate constitution. Okay, it's not well, the original de jure constitution. Well, they're going to say it we've got a state legislature, so aren't we independent? That's what they're going to. No, no, you're that. not. No, you're not. In your mind, you thought you were. Right. Pull that, pull that, pull that spike out of there. Okay, you're not. They, they are. They are. They are. They are commercial franchises of the territorial municipal government of D.C. Okay, that's what it is. So, All right. So, I'll give you an example. Let me give you an example. This ties back into what we were talking about earlier. Under the original Constitution, the premise was that you had a a public law for private purposes for private men and men, private men and women. Okay, you had a public a public trust, unincorporated public trust, and the law was common law, and it applied to private men and women to settle their uh, disagreements or if there was a crime involved. Uh, after after the fact, okay, w- with the new Congress, you have a incorporated body using private law for its society and the citizens, the small citizens are the public of, get this wrapped around your brain. Do you have, you have a private law for the small C citizens of that public. It's completely reverted, reversed. It's completely inverted. It's an inverted system, and every time you find an inverted system, you find the devil. Okay, because that's—I <laughs> I mean, you know—I—I'm I, trying to be specific well, are, here, but that's exactly what it is. You—you—you. You, you, yeah. Uh, does does, are, does that did that did that get through? Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's you know? complicated to explain to people. So I'm thinking this is the better route. Is you, you talk about. You know, if you're supposed to be a sovereign, which is equal to a king, well, 
could be could a king be uh, lawless? Uh, well, no. Well, how how was he not lawless? Well, the the other kings, the other sovereigns, could still hold court uh, against him. Kind they, of bring you can't no, you can't be you can't. a sovereign. You can't be a sovereign in their society. You've got to approach it the Cody. other way, right. Cody. You, you, you got to approach it the other they way. Can't. You're uh, assuming in your conversation with these people, they're on the same knowledge, education level you are. And, buddy, most of them aren't, like the vast majority. And you can't well, approach it. Well, you can say it. to them, do you, want to, do you want to be a king or do you want to be a slave? Right yeah. now you're classified as well, a citizen slave. Well, they, you they want can, to be kept I'll give you the, and they let, might, me, let me give you the first lesson. I'll give you the first lesson. The first lesson in that question I'll give you a question you can ask people, Cody. You can ask yourself this question. I'll ask you the question. How do you know, Cody, how do you know, you yourself personally, Don Cody, how do you know when you're a slave, brother? How do you know that? When you ask yourself that, I'm asking you that question. When when somebody can tax your earnings. Okay, that's that's a that's a good that's a good specific example. I, I like to make it a little more general, <laughs> even though it's a specific question. So I ask people, "How do you know when you're a slave?" And I wait for the answer. Uh, most of the time, I don't get one, and then I provide the answer. It's when you can't say no. That's when you know you're a slave. And and if you start there with people, you you gain some some uh, some substance, some ground, a a common agreement. We who can argue with that? Okay. If you can't say no, you're a slave. All right. And and everybody will agree. Then if you go on to the next step, well, you could talk about taxes. Well, you can't say no to your taxes, right? Well, if if you're a small C citizen, no, you can't. And they've rigged. That's it. because you're. And they've rigged yeah. a voluntary system to where you know that you can't, or else they're going to come get my stuff. And that's where the fear kicks in. So they can they're controlled. Right. They're controlled by fear. It so, is a voluntary system, uh, Cody. You ever heard the phrase that every man's a king and a chicken in every pot? No. <laughs> Huey Long. You're kidding. Is that Huey Long? Yeah. No. Well, the guy that said it from the well of the Senate was such a threat to him that they assassinated him. Well, I sent you guys, I sent on the PPN network, uh, what is the guy's name? He was from Georgia, 1983. The oh, Larry McDonald. I, I didn't, you sent it right before the show, and I didn't get a chance to get yeah. into that. I did send it to Harvey, though. Uh, and I'm anxious to okay. watch it because the title of it is the man who yeah. would have been president or something. And I'll tell you what, I'll stick that at the end of today's show description too. Cause we've talked about Larry McDonald on here before and the impact he could yeah. have had, had they not taken out an entire commercial jet to get him. Yeah. Oh, super articulate so, there in that crossfire yeah. interview. Cody, uh you see that the advantages of having a a private corporate government and a corporated government is that the people, those people then that created it, for all practical purposes, because they created it, are gods. 
Do you understand this? They yeah. are gods because they created it. And they are the sovereign. They are gods. Well, and you know you know how I could I can prove to you that they're gods? I I will prove it to you. Okay. I'll, and here's how I'm gonna prove it to you. They are gods because they can now absolve themselves. You see any of that Correct. going on, Cody? Well, they are gods. Daryl, let me inject with the, all the plenary men, because people may be on here that aren't familiar with that. And if you want to absolutely see the cold, dead, stone-cold truth of what he just said, John Titus made a film very professionally done with all of the resources called All the Plenary Men. That was about, what, three or four years ago, Daryl? Yeah, I guess it was about three years ago. It, it got disappeared a lot, and it's then fact. finally, uh, I guess they're leaving it up now. But all, uh, all the it, plenary men, you sit down and watch that, and you'll know in cold hard facts who the gods are on this world. Uh, you you can go to uh, you can go to John Titus's website or uh, his YouTube channel. It's the the YouTube channel for everybody listening. If you type in in your search bar on YouTube, uh, type in best evidence. And uh, there's there's about 10 videos there that will uh, school you up. <laughs> You'll one, get schooled. He goes right back to the to the uh, documents from the city of London and Britain on showing how the bankers, this is why they always get a slap on the wrist fine. And, and, and after it. after you've watched that, after you've watched that, the next one you should watch if you if you can if you're still uh, conscious is uh, the spider's web, the spider's web, and and that will build upon uh, what John Titus is talking about to give you a comprehension a of the uh, expanse of this. Uh, octopus this uh, leviathan it is. Uh, built that is very uh, international finance yeah. over many years one little step at a time and here we are so close to something boiling. yeah okay we're close something to I, like I have to bring to, up daryl to yeah to buttress what you're saying Darryl, the gods of this world you know in the bible where it says there are gods many talking about magistrates it's the same word for god and that's when yeah i like to say in the old testament when 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 yahuha according to brent it can't be jehovah but when he is talking through his prophets to his people about whoring after other gods he's not talking about you know necessarily bowing down before their idols that comes later He's talking about adopting their system of justice, entering their society, going after their magistrates or bowing before their magistrates as if they are yours. And that, well, that's not uh, something that he approves of. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the evidence of what again, the, George Washington yeah, takes that one. The, the really, a really good biblical. Capital. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bob. 
A really good example well, of what Bob is talking about is is Pontius Pilate and Christ. Pontius Pilate identified that there was two different societies that were being in conversation there. This goes right goes right back. He 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 goes over to the water and washes his hands and he says, "I find nothing wrong with this man," and I wash my hands of it. Okay. He he gave it to this other society, this other group, this this uh, these Pharisees, the Antifas of the day, uh, that are present here. Well, you know, <laughs> the the Zionists they were they were the Pharisees were the Zionists sure of were. Christ's time. Sure were. They were the the Pharisees. If you take if you take the word Zionist and everywhere you see it and hear it, and then uh, transfer the word Pharisee in, you get it. Now you get it. Okay. That's it. Okay. You know, Daryl, uh, Daryl, that brings to mind an idea that just, I'd never considered it in this way, but I can hear uh, an old time pastor talking, you know, a Zionist pastor, let's just say a dispensationalist, thumping his Bible and railing against the Pharisees. <laughs> how's, that, how's that for ironic? <laughs> Uh, that's, that is a, that is the, uh, that is a conflated mind. That is somebody forget. who was confounded and conflated. Pharisees so, and, separate. Yeah. And Parashim, this organization that was started by Brandeis and these guys back at the turn of last century that evidently is their nucleus core group, that means separate also. Yeah. Did any of you watch show like maybe four or five days ago? Um, Rick Wiles, True News, came out with one on the uh, Ergun and uh, a lot about Begin, Menachem Begin, and Jerry Falwell, Senior, etc. Didn't see that, but I sure would like to. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. It's very good. Yeah. Well, the Stern, yeah, yeah. one of them, I won't even try to. Uh, there was the Ergun and the Stern gang were the main two. I think there may have been another one or two peripherally. But Bagan was the head of the Ergun, and the one that was the he- up in the Stern gang was uh, 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 Rahm Emanuel's father. He's the one that blew up the King David Hotel. So, like- uh, yeah. not according to this. That's so right. That's Is it, am I wrong? Well, I could it be blown up. I could be Begin. wrong on that. Or or gun blew up the day King David. Begin, Begin claims that. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, um, he 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 was lauded in the press. You know, their local press. Oh, he of was, course. He was a hero. Of course. For having visited the destruction on on foreigners, mostly. And interesting point. Albert Einstein and many other prominent American uh, Jews who were not Zionists put a letter to the editor in the New York Times. Sure did. Full page. And condemned it roundly. I mean, dressed it up one side and down the other and didn't pull any punches. And, uh, you know, you don't hear about that. Nope. In fact, I was unaware. I was I was just enthralled listening, and you know they were providing dates. I mean, it's it's documented. It's not just some fantasy. 
and uh, we never hear about it. Nope. Interesting. And well, why it's not? Like that girl Dorothy why, Thompson. Why don't we hear about it? The single most, why don't foremost we hear about it? female, the foremost female journalist of the last century, and I've never heard her name before. Allison Weir mentioned it. Dorothy Thompson. Yes. Very parallel story. Yep. Okay. How about Finley? How about Finley from up there in Illinois? Uh, what was his first name? The guy, the congressman that got run out of town for asking questions, making statements. He wrote a book called How oh, None Dare. He, he wrote a book called None Dare Speak Out. Yeah. Uh, let me give you let me give you just a really brief timeline on the Stern Gang. Uh, Abraham Stern, who who organized the Stern Gang, he's killed by the British police. Uh, uh, he uh, received uh, extensive financial and military support from Nazi Germany and the fascist Italy yeah. to terrorize the British in Palestine. Yeah. Uh, this can be documented. Uh, the the uh, Biltmore Conference in New York, attended by Zionist leaders from U.S. and Palestine, urges that the Palestine, Palestine be established as a Jewish commonwealth. Uh, in November of 1943, there was a five-year limit on Jewish immigration expiring in 1944. Uh, extended so all 75,000 visas permitted in 1939 white paper can be filled. In January of 1944, the Stern Gang and ISIL... IZL joined to conduct terror campaign against the British. November 6, Stern Gang murders Lord Moyne, British resident minister of state in Cairo. That would be in Egypt. Uh, 8th of May, end of World War in Europe. Uh, September, large scale legal Jewish immigration to Palestine resumed under. Um, let's see, what else would be of interest? It, I have the I have the complete timeline, uh, month and date and day uh, for now. That IZL, that would be the Ergun. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they they were cooperative in some ways. So uh, the the Stern Gang was. Uh, affiliated with uh, uh, fascist, the so-called fascists. And uh, the interesting thing that I find is almost a complete lack of any, even knowing that it existed, let alone the details of it, of the transfer agreement yep. uh, between uh, uh, the uh, uh, German, German government uh, and the, uh, uh, the Zionist uh, movement. So um, it, it, it's it's phenomenal the the complete lack of even comprehension that there was a operating uh, uh, immigration agreement and and financial links with uh, Germany to uh, move selected Jews out of German territory to uh, Palestine. So, you know, more more you, mysteries. Do you understand I, that, I, Cody, the transfer? Yeah, no, I, I knew that. What I was arguing online with some of these, uh, oh, some Jew that put something about 
whatever. Anyway, I sent back about something, you know, remember the USS Liberty. And I reminded people, I said, how was Israel populated? Do you realize it was Nazi ships that brought the Europeans the tran- to Israel? So the transfer agreement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly what you're talking about. But to kind of keep it simple and make people think, well, how did all those Europeans get to Israel? Yeah, it was Nazi ships. They had, from what I understand, and I, I bought the book from the guy, the Jew that wrote the book, and he sent me an autographed copy uh, on the transfer agreement. I don't remember his name, but I heard him uh, interviewed a couple of times, and he said basically a radical Jew doctor, and I don't remember his name, and all these little Zionists like Begin and all these revolutionaries, and they had all of the people that they were going to release out of the camps. And they said, no, no, keep them in the camps. Just let this small group over here go. And that's who went down and started all that crap. It was already underway, but they started the militarization of it. They got to pick who was going to yeah, go. Uh, yeah. So they basically they called up, their, well, not their only, herd. Not only that, they'd send them to a, through a school for a week or two, and they had to pass through that before they got qualified to go. Yeah. Well, uh, in 1931, the uh, demographic breakdown in uh, Palestine was um, – 1,035,000 Muslim Arabs, 16.9% Jewish, 86 Christian Arab. By 1938, <laughs> oh, it's, uh, I have to find it, but it's uh, fantastically larger. Um, they know how to use immigration, uh, both sides of that sword, don't they? Okay. So in 1939, uh, total for, oh, that's, that's how many that were killed. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm doing this. I'm doing this on the fly. Um, while you're looking, uh, while you're looking, Daryl, well, let me just add Darryl, on the background there that all yeah. three of them had lived in that area for two thousand years without any problems. For this little rogue group came to town. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the, it's interesting. Interesting thing about Palestine is it got its name. It went from Judea to Palestine after uh, the Romans. Uh, uh, completely uh, eradicated the uh, the Jews from living there in 70 uh, AD. Okay, and then they 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 were the the Romans were so disgusted with these people that they not only did they tear their temple down <laughs> and and sell them and push them all off the land, but they changed the name to Palestine from Judea to Palestine. Do what, Cody? What were the main points? What were the main points? Was it the child sacrifice, or what were the main points that the Romans? Well, they they were they they were they they fundamentally were subversives, and they have been ever since. They're subversives. Every everywhere they go, they're subversives. You're you're living through it right now, right here. Well, and and, uh, in 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 Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, but. 
where the Kyle Rittenhouse was killed there, that the people that he killed were killed and maimed. All three of them were Jewish. No, I, I know, think I've heard evidence, other people right say the other two weren't. I'm not sure on that point, but we should know one of them was Rosenblum for sure. It was Rosenbaum, and the other one was another Jewish sounding name. And they said they were maybe non practicing Jews. Well, either way, he just, got his. They're just, they come up, and I've thought about this. Why are they so different? It's because of this way they're brought up in that oral tradition now called the Babylonian Talmud, where it says in there you can go have sexual intercourse with a little girl who's three or four, and it's just like poking your finger in her eye, her eye tears up, and everything gets to be okay. Well, that's the kind of mentality you got here, that you're the only one with a soul, that you're better than everybody else, that you can go out and steal and lie and cheat and beat them in the head and murder them because they're they're not e you're equal it's that way that these people are brought up cody and that's what I, has got to be causing all this well and it's not a lot different than you know the there's a, the racism with you know the whites and the blacks you know the whites you know most of them think they're a little superior to to the black you know, I, I thank God for my father bringing me up that to take a man for what he is and not what color he is, okay? And that was hammered into my head. And I feel so sorry because I've been around people that weren't raised in households like that, that were raised to hate. And you can see the... Uh, the effect on them throughout their life, you know, and this, these early lessons, these early trainings are so damned important. I mean, they just yeah. set a person up for the rest of their life, you know, almost. All I know is yeah. in my travels in these big cities, I've seen a lot of white losers strung out on the streets, actually probably way more than the blacks. It's interesting, you know, if the white race has really, you know, lost its family values, hasn't properly educated or whatever, they've really... I mean, you see, it's the whole. You know, it's, it's, you're seeing the results of the whole concerted plan over many decades, Cody. Is what you're seeing. You didn't notice well, it when it was be, coming up. I mean, they pulled God out of the schools before you were born. Well, I could be a drug addict too if I made the wrong choices. You know, why sure. are so many of these people making the wrong damn choices? You know, because they don't yeah. have a mooring, basically. Yeah. They just don't have a spiritual, well, a personal, <laughs> a, mo a family mooring. M-O-O-R-I-N-G. Yeah. And how much of that is because they just assume that they're superior, you know? Well, I, about how much of, of it comes from the know? crap they're feeding them on television as they're growing up? What about all the crap that's yeah, in Sesame okay. Street and yeah. all the stuff we don't watch on a regular basis that screws up their thinking? Yeah. What about uh, the whole educational system uh, that feeds a Marxist uh, pablum through uh, the whole thing? And then going into, then they get them where they go and borrow eighty to $100,000. They'll never pay off the rest of their life to go to four years and get a degree in something like Feminist studies, African studies that they'll never use. Oh, you okay. wonder why they're pissed? Yeah. You wonder why they're pissed? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, can, I can literally lay out the uh, checklist and the blueprint for this, but I, I don't really know if, if we have time to do it. But the, the areas for the subversion... The subversion process, this is a process. This is not just the natural unfolding of accidental choices and the consequences thereof. This has been a long-term, step-by-step takedown 
of cultural subversion. You have to understand the highest form of warfare, uh, according to Sun Tzu. Of course, we all, this has been learned over many, many uh, thousands of years. The highest level of warfare is to subvert your enemy without firing a shot. You do this through cultural subversion. Uh, the process is, is uh, really simple. Uh, there's a checklist here. The areas are religion. It's been subverted. Education. It's subverted. Media. It's been subverted. The culture has been subverted. The, uh, the structure. You, know, you have to subvert the structure of the society and the culture. Well, you do that with law and order. Uh, that's been subverted. Social relationships, oh, that's been subverted. Okay. Uh, security, well, that's been subverted. Let's see. And internal politics, uh, party antagonisms. Is that is that in effect? Yeah. Um, family. Uh, let's see. Family. Uh, life. Uh, fam, fam, uh, family and society, well, we have to break them up. Sexuality is sexuality. Well, well we, get, we, get everybody, we get everybody on Medicare and junk food and uh, pharmacia. Race. Um, you lower the uppers, and you set in a genetics versus environment situation. Population, well, you de-land them and urbanize them. And then with labor, you use uh, unions versus society. Uh, there's a checklist here. I just confuse? I just gave you the high so – I, 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 we could go on for an hour on each one of those categories. Could we so with you, so I, I, mean, I could send you the checklist. What about you left sexuality and gender out of that list? There you go. Well, that – that that I mean those are those are sub those are subcategories of family and society you know I mean, however you want to you know break it down you know you, just, <clears throat> you know the checklist is here I I got the checklist <laughs> you know it's not hard to it's not hard to you you have to step back far enough away from this to see the big picture this is why we study history this is why you know Roger and Chris are and Ralph, uh, they're, you know, they, uh, three really good sources for how it was done in legal and the laws and the court cases. You know, you can't probably find anybody better than Roger and Chris and Ralph to break these court cases down that are applicable. Uh, but then there's, there's all these other aspects too. So it isn't, it, it, it isn't just one. See, <laughs> I'm trying to. They do. You so, don't make a cake with flour alone. You have to have eggs and milk and and the rest of it. Better. Okay. So sugar. So is the end so game? Darryl, Hold on, Cody, and we'll get to Bob. Well, Cody, what? The counterpoint. So is is the end game the Jews to take over, or is it the Chinese? I mean, what is the end game? Who's doing the subversion for what ends? Just to get into the monetary system for control to be the gods? What's the this is cloud and living. Destroy the system. Pressure from above, pressure from below, pressure from within, pressure from without. Collapse the system and then reform it in the version that you want to implement under the guise of offering a solution. Okay. Yeah, Chris is right. Chris Chris nailed it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is, and it'll be administrated it'll be administrated through technocracy. And uh, the the vaccine and all the uh, other their their new cryptocurrency and their their mm, their uh, <clears throat> their company store uh, crypto script uh, <laughs> <Amazon>. credits <laughs> script their script 
will will be a part of that control system that'll be uh, run through technocracy. See the the value, the value of your credits, not money. The value, the currency of value, when they have this implemented, will be your behavior. Your value will be based upon your behavior. That's what it will be. Uh, that will be the basis of their company script is your behavior. That's the social credit score, the Dangan system of the Chinese communist IOS in yeah. those countries. So this is what the whole thing yeah. is. I mean, they were yeah, so close. I, they were so close to having China with their whole telecommunication system in and everything lock, stock, and barrel, buddy. They were real close. Well, hey, Daryl. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Bob, Bob. You were going to say something a second ago, Bud. You go were, ahead. Yeah, you were pointing out the idea that we need to learn from history. And, of course, the counterpoint to that is they are trying to destroy history, so we can't. The idea of this new uh, critical race theory and all this BS that's yeah. being shoved down yeah. our throats. Uh-uh, not uh, anymore. I was encouraged. I was encouraged to see the president say, you know, that's just crap. And if it shows up, you're defunded, you're out of here, you're gone, no. you can't do it. It's not going to be pushed in the federal system. Um, and I like that idea. Uh, the other thing I was going to point out is the Air Goon has, been, it has morphed into, I mean, not that it has completely gone in the IDA, IDS, but if you hear the term the Likud Party, you're looking at its uh, progeny. Yeah, right. The Likud Party, the modern... Likud Party is is a derivative of the Ergun. Um, on what you just said so, about this you, uh, this training they were instituting inside the federal government through who? Through the bureaucracy, through Homeland Security. And that oh, yeah. guy blew the whistle out at Sandia Labs on it last week, and the story broke. And Trump has already nixed it at the federal level. Now, what's important to me is I read that article on Zero Hedge over the weekend, Bob was that it was quoting yeah. that they were instituting that stuff with the guy that's been ahead of Homeland Security until this Chad Wolf guy's got put in as assistant and now head, and evidently that's part of the reason the guy's gone. But I wanted to use that as an example anchored. for you to see how the, go how the federal government's running. Trump, he's got control over it. When he found out it was happening unbeknownst to him, he put a stop to it. Uh, who who brought yeah. in who brought in the Department of Homeland Security and who was the first Carter. administrator Carter, of I it? Think. Right, Carter. Who who? Son of Satan. Department of Homeland. Oh, uh, oh. George Bush the stupid. Okay. George Bush the stupid brought yeah, it, it in. Okay. Yep. And 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 who who was the first head? Uh, uh, who was the first head of Department of oh, Homeland Security? God. Uh, check off. Check. Church. Church off. Church Michael Church off. Church off. Son of Satan. That son of a church. gun. We we're trying to okay. think. Okay. Who is he? Day. Who is he? Ooh. Who is he? Okay. Okay. He's a Sabbatean. Okay. That Hold it. All right. His, so better than that, who is his father? Uh, Rabbi Chertoff? <laughs> Founded the Mossad. His mother was one of the yeah. original El Al stewardesses. Wait a minute. Is is that Nancy Pelosi's brother Shertoff? Because her father founded the Mossad also. Well, I'm sure Sounds like just a lot of people person. are claiming it, that. It was a group of people that he was in on it. 
So, so right there in the last 10 minutes, in the last 10 minutes, you just, everybody just got an earful that you're not going to hear everywhere. Okay. You're not going to hear this, right? That they, cause they won't connect to dots. I, I suffered. I suffered through a half an hour listening to Glenn Beck this morning. <laughs> uh, I suffered. I forced myself to do it. And I, I just, I had to, I had to really restrain myself from screaming at my radio, which I didn't, I didn't do it, but it was, it was so blatant, uh, his, uh, his misdirection of everything he talks about is just to continue the myth. And, uh, you, you can't, you can't make any sense out of anything these people say, by the way, who is this media? Who is the media? Who voted for them? Who, where did they come from? Why do they have so much power? Well, why do you give your mind over to what the media tells you? Okay, you're very, you have to be very careful. You have to be, you're very susceptible to suggestion, uh, no matter what the media is. You're very, you're very susceptible to, to being uh, uh, propagandized. Chris's dog agrees. And, uh, Don't forget, yeah. is it Matthew yeah. 24 where Jesus says five times? Five times, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. The fact of the matter. Go ahead. Go ahead. Really quick. Bradley Dean always points out that there was like the 200 or 800 people running for for president that you never, ever hear talked about, you know, so you know you're you're being brainwashed when they're only talking about, you know, the two different uh, political. I think it was Monroe or one of those early guys who said the worst thing that could happen to America. What do you think it was, Cody? The The worst worst thing thing that could happen to America. America. It was political. uh, A two-party political uh, system. Parties, I think. A two-party political system. Uh, why is that? What's the word? What What is a two party? What is a two party system? Uh, what set up? What What is it set up when you have a two party system? A Hegelian dialectic, dialectic. Yes, yes, Chris. Chris, ding, ding, ding. Chris gets the get, Chris gets the dog bone for his puppy. Uh, you get you get a dialectic set up and it becomes normalized and accepted. This is why nobody can get off a home base. It's Groundhog Day every day because you live in a di- dialectic that's been intentionally created. It's a good way to put it. All right. It's Groundhog this is why day you can... every day for a surf. Yeah. This and and this is this is this is the Hegelian dialectic. Uh, and they they just continue to roll with it, and you just keep you just keep sucking on that uh, that nipple, all right? Looking looking for it's also looking, thesis, antithesis, synthesis. That's it. Let me all right. Know. Oh, and I, I, I I said this before. I just want to reiterate because you brought it up. You have so in the dialectic, you have the thesis, the antithesis, you have the synthesis, and then it doesn't stop. The synthesis creates a new thesis. Correct. Within another antithesis, and then a synthesis, and then it goes into it, it repeats itself. It is a continuum. 
Okay, the Hegelian dialectic is not a vent. It's a continuum. Yeah, they cookie cut it wherever they want to. Don't forget what that really is, is the Freemasons' motto. First a line, then another line, then a square. That's thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Let me put, I open. Do any pretty, of you remember? Go ahead, Bob. Do any of you remember the, the poppers? The wilding project, the rewilding project back in the 90s? I remember a little of that. Yeah, you were, you were I do. There, uh, you were talking yeah. about the idea I of do. re, not er, not re, but rather urbanization, you know, getting everybody herded onto the onto the farm to where they could, uh, you know, better control Into you. the cosmopolitan. Well, that, let me tell you what, they've done shot themselves yeah. in the foot now because there's a headline right up on Zero Hedge. <laughs> they've had violence in 48 of America's top 50 cities. If y'all have seen in places like well, the, Chicago and New York, there's a line around the block for one-way out-of-town U-Haul rentals and moving companies. That one, cannot, I, one of them's comment... One of them's you comment. Hold reservation with the list with the moving company. That the one of the guys said it's like opening day of fall of college move in, except it's move out. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, poppers, they proposed this. There's some academic eggheads from some university. I don't even remember. It doesn't matter because you you know cookie cutter would describe it. But their whole point was we got to get. You know, we're we're destroying the earth. We got to get the people off the land because we can't destroy Mother Earth, and we need to have a rewilding project. Oh yeah. So they had these urban centers, and then they had corridors, and population centers were just what they said. The corridors had a minor amount of population, and outside of that, human habitation was forbidden. I mean, you can't do it. We got to save the earth. You know, it's always for a greater good. It's never because they just want to control you. Oh, no, you got to no, make no. it sound like it's something. Gotta, there's, there's a got to be an attraction. Always got to so, be. Yeah. A anyway, yeah. That that sprung that sprung to mind now when you said that about you know trying to hurt us in the cities. Boy, are they? Well, yeah, they sure shot themselves in the foot. The example that uh, I mentioned last week in an article. I read a guy in Pennsylvania had put his house on the market. It sold in the same day, and whoever the buyer was waived all requirements for inspection, all the rest of that stuff. First day, put it on the market. Bam. So that's the kind of urgency that's in people's minds to get the hell out of the big cities. I wanted to stop. We got a nice board. We've had a very brisk conversation. It's been really, really productive, I think. We covered important stuff. Was there any questions or comments any of you folks that are lurking there wanted to make? I do, Roger, if uh, there's Samuel, a moment. please, man. Good to have you back, by the way. Uh, I'm still on that job, but uh, today it's uh, give me back time, so I uh, got to do shopping and stuff before I get there. Anyway, I uh, I was thinking, uh, and I want to thank Daryl for uh, getting giving some insight onto what Brent, um, um, what is debated is going to be sort of coming from, and what the opposition's premise might be, and. This sort of brings me back to the analogies of, you know, this jurisdiction we're dealing with now and what we've become as a country. Um, and did we start out as, as Christians? Well, I think we did. I, I, and I, I, I think it's 
comparable to uh, the time in the Old Testament of when they went from the judges, which, of course, Samuel was the last, and uh, they go into the kings. And I think as a comparison, the best one I can think of in this country is a civil war. We went from more of a, a constitutional republic to a man-controlled federal, you know, thing that really pushed us. It was, they call it, the, Go ahead. the Abbeville Institute, I thought, had a very good label for it. They called it the Jeffersonian America. And the, we morphed into the Lincolntonian America. And they hated that Jeffersonian America. If you go back and see some of the statistics on pre-Civil War, like economics and education and things like that, it is unbelievable how slanted it was and how far the South was ahead of the rest of the country. I mean, it noticeable. every southern state was in the top income earners per capita in the country. And the, the, high, the two highest that vied for number one were South Carolina and Mississippi. They flipped back and forth. All the education, even though the Southerners sent their kids to be educated up north in those Ivy League schools. But uh, it, yeah, I, it's, I, it's I amazing. A lot of times, Roger, I have a, I, have a, I have a hard time making a point of something. But I guess my point in all of that was um, when did the Hebrews – become ungodly is when they as a group as individual men did same for this country that's why it's so important to get yourself out cody got to get out can't be part of it when you make that decision and take that action is when you'll start concentrating a lot more on the fine line (laughs) Whatever happened to Shane? He used to call it all. I don't know. Well, Chuck, Chuck hadn't been around. We hadn't seen, heard from Doug, Shane in in a Coons age, and uh, don't know, man. People just drift in and out. Is what I've noticed over the years, and whether it's something happening in their life or they're distracted or what, who knows? Ben here. Ben joined us. I think Ben's with us today here. Ben, been away for, I was asking myself the back of my mind, well, I hadn't heard from Ben in a long time. He's been away for a good while, so he pops back in last week, and people just shuffle in and out, I guess. Hmm. Nobody else has any well, questions or comments. That's kind of. Uh, I, uh, since, uh, you know, the conversation sort of drifted over here, so. I'm going to put a plug in for a, uh, a podcast that was on uh, Revolution Radio yesterday, Freedom Slips. Uh, you can go into the archives because they're free for the summer. So if you go to Revolution Radio, Freedom Slips, and you uh, go to uh, yesterday's yesterday afternoon's show, it's called, uh, the name of it's called... Um, uh, addicted to your own destruction. It's a two-hour podcast. Uh, it's Michael Gaddy, and it's the best I've ever heard him. Okay, two hours of knock your socks off uh, uh, information about was the federal government set up 
for slavery and to profit from slavery. And I was just almost dumbstruck by what he brought to the table. So if anybody wants to go listen to a free podcast, uh, you can go to Freedom Slips, Addicted to Your Own Destruction, uh, as of yesterday, yesterday's show, and you can listen to it. And uh, next week he's going to, at the same time, it's, it's Sunday afternoon, he's going to have uh, Robert Hudson's going to be on there with another black man that Michael knows. And they're going to talk about, isn't it interesting that they're actually going to have a show where they have two black guys on there talking about these issues. Now I've, I, that that's kind of unique, isn't it? You know? So uh, anyway, I just thought I'd put a plug I, in there. I caught that Daryl after you sent me an email reminding me of that. And I tell you after listening to it, uh, Brent is going to have a real problem justifying the constitution being a christian document if his opponent i forget his name there the preacher ted wyland happens to listen ted wyland happens to listen to uh, <laughs> to that well, podcast because yeah, he pretty well lays is, it out this is sort not. of my point this is, this is sort of my point guys it started out as a christian document but doesn't mean there were men in there who would give it up for some money um, well, but Samuel, the country as a whole, whole, the country as a whole wasn't there. And I think that's going to be Brent's argument. Sa- Samuel, uh, that's, that's a really good point. Uh, the, the point that was made yesterday, which is important maybe for this listening audience to hear this show, this one I referred to is that Michael Gaddy lays out the argument with the evidence that the, the constitution of 1789, uh, was was not a uh, a Christian based uh, document, but that it was a counter revolutionary document that overthrew a Christian based constitution called the Articles of Confederation for the Perpetual Union, and yeah. uh, he does a much better job of giving uh, example uh, in depth personal writings uh, of these men. It's just two hours. It'll blow your mind. And uh, so that's that's yeah, that's the that's the argument. The yeah. This, yeah. This was the seeds of destruction. I, I would not argue that at all. Uh, some of these policies and their secrecy and stuff that went on behind closed doors and people like Luther Martin walking out uh, and, and paying forcing the Bill of Rights. So the infection had started, but it wasn't until men played into it to the numbers where we end up with the Civil War, and that's where I'm saying the line really got drawn. Uh, where we where go it got from. Drawn. I, I think you'll I think you'll find I think you'll find that if you would listen to that that uh, podcast, Samuel, I think you'll find it uh, jaw dropping. <laughs> That's all I can really say about it. So uh, it'll continue next week. It's, it's going to continue. So Michael Gaddy's is is much in agreement with Ted Wyland, who Brent will be debating or they'll having their constitutional trial on the nineteenth. I'm I'm going to try to in, in my best wishes I'll be able to drive over there. I don't know how I'll be able to do it with my work, but. Um, I, I wish them all the best, you know, both of them. 
<laughs> it'll be it'll be a, it'll be something to see. I can tell you that it'll be something to see. If you if you read the book of Samuel, where this whole thing takes place with them wanting a king and the prophet saying, no, you don't want a king. And God says, hey, they're rejecting me, not you. Don't take it personally. Just give him my message and his message. God's message was this. Every day after you after you get this king, every day you read into his ear these things that he's prohibited from doing one of those things appeared in our constitution only one and we have disregarded it does anybody know what it was it actually made it but we've we've thrown it out tenth amendment standing army standing army they had a militia they didn't need a standing army and so did we But we know better than God, well, so now we've got a standing army. Yeah, that's, we that's we could we could we could. Yeah. Well, you can't go take over. We, we could resolve. You you can't go take over the world's resources without a standing army or enforce any of these policies <laughs> when you're taking their country over. Well, yeah, we, we have a standing army. Important. We have we have a standing civil army right here uh, in this. In, In this geographic location, and all these, almost all of these problems could be addressed appropriately under the Constitution, but it would require the militia and what it really is, and the decentralization of power. Until you have power decentralized, because we have a king, the president is a king under under this construct, and we have, and uh, uh, so they. All they do is perpetually consolidate more power. It's all centralized, and they want to. They want it's. It's worked out so well. Everybody, they want to do more of it. They want to centralize it even more. Now, the Republicans want to centralize it more too. Okay, the Democrat. I I I heard something the other day. I thought was pretty a nice analogy. It's the Democrats are in a car going to a destination at 100 miles an hour. And the Republicans are in a different car going to the same destination at 20 miles an hour. Okay. So, uh, but uh, until we decentralize, the, the, the only way there can be progress is in decentralization. <clears throat> You're not going to get the desired effect with more centralization. So that's, that's kind of your, your baseline as to whether or not, uh, there's any remedy there. Basically, so, uh, decentralization the militia, is individualism. The militia, the militia clause has never been taken out, rescinded, whatever. It has been ignored. But every adult male from the age of 17 to 45 is the way it reads, of sound mind, you know, fit body, etc. There's exceptions. But they've created, that's never been taken out. It's they've created an ignored. equivocation, Bob. They created an equivocation called the National Guard. To some degree, yes. There was actually a good article on that on Zero Hedge over the weekend. Did you read that? I didn't. I can't think of the name, but it it, it was, uh, <clears throat> gosh, I can't even think of the name. But it, it was talking about the militia through the 19th century, in other words, the 1800s, and uh, how it had morphed and changed and how, 
a well-regulated militia, of course, didn't mean that it was throttled. It meant that it was con- it was controlled for, you know, fast or slow or good or whether whether it was good or bad. You know, well-regulated means not not uh, renegade, not right. out of control, right. not, yeah. not uh, just well, the, capricious. Not Bob, the Illinois con- How about that? Bob, pull up Illinois Constitution. Just type in Illinois Constitution and militia, and you'll read in there that it says, I think everybody's in the militia, you know, but obviously not everybody's in the National Guard. Every man is in the militia. Some to that effect. And not the er- everybody's not in the militia. Males from a certain age to a certain age. Right, yeah. but my right. point it is wasn't we, don't, you. We, don't, we don't have, you, you know, the, the governors are not even following the, the state yeah. constitution the, at this point is my the, point. The, the best conversation... Uh, the best conversation I've heard on this topic was uh, over the last week with Edwin Rivera on finance and liberty uh, with this uh, guy named Dunnigan. And there's a two-part show. Uh, and Edwin Rivera, who's a constitutional attorney, a lawyer. V- Vieira. Uh, with the, <laughs> Vieira. Yeah, that's what I said, right, Vieira? Uh, he, he goes into this in explicit detail um and uh so that that would be another good uh, source to sharp cookie listen to yeah. edward vieira well, let me read vieira, it. sharp cookie let me read it uh, another good one <clears throat> go ahead bob yeah no it was his, one of his Cody's writings off. pieces of eight very good right very good writing. yeah he's very big on the monetary supply Yeah, but let me, I pulled it up. Let me, it's Article 7, Militia, Illinois Constitution. Membership. The state militia consists of all able-bodied persons residing in the state except those exempted by law. Subordination to the civil power. The General Assembly shall provide a law for organizing equipment how do you and want to discipline use, of the militia. How do you want to use in that term residing in the state? Well, this in is person. The, the question, that's how they probably, that means they also you, are talking about with exempted that, by law. So I, so I suppose legally they could exempt everybody except the National Guard if they, if they want to also. Yep. Well, they've done, a lot, of, of, they've done <clears throat> a lot of muddy in the waters, Mr. Cody. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example right here. I have a letter. I have a letter in my hand, a correspondence from the United States uh, Census Consensus 2020. Says U.S. Census Bureau. It says your response is required by law. Really? Uh, we have not yet received your response, nor will you. It's addressed to resident at. Of course, I'm not going to give you that address, but uh, guess what? Uh, that's no law that applies to me. Okay. So is it a law? They said it was. It is for somebody. Does it apply to me? Does it have, is it, so it, I'm not in their family, like Bob said. So uh, I, I'm not, they don't have jurisdiction over that resident. Uh, that's just a, they can call it whatever they want to, but it's not a law to me. Don't you? Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Well, that's why they call they can, regulations. They can send me. A, yeah. They call this as administrative yeah. state the fourth branch of government, Cody, and they call re- regulations little laws. And if somebody's having a problem finding out what's going on, try and steer them towards studying and thinking about the administrative state because it never came along until after the bankruptcy and the system changed. They didn't have a need for it. Yeah, I sent Cody an email uh, about uh, – remember uh, remember that email exchange we had last night, Cody, about uh, filing a lawsuit – under the 14th amendment or, or not the 14th amendment about you, you want to be able to exchange your federal reserve notes for, for uh, gold and silver. Okay. Because that no, the con- was the in the conversation. Con- how, how and I, I explained to you. Yeah. yeah. And I explained to you why that, that wouldn't work. <clears throat> All right. But so, again, I mean, uh, because, because of what you guys are talking about, because we've been made these, these, these citizen slaves, I guess is how they justify it. But otherwise, it is unconstitutional. I mean, you can't make a law that supplants the Constitution, laws unless they're all ratified by, by three-quarters of the states, right? Cody, so, Cody, we're in bankruptcy. Do you know anything about bankruptcy? Yeah, no, you guys have talked about it. It's just, to me, it's all just another equivocation. Well, the equivocation was that everything that was solid specie money, they seized. Why do you think they did that? Because they can get away with it. And they switched it over, and now it's all paper. Here's what I, here's what I, uh, let me, let me share, you know, this is, this is an open, open conversation here, so. Uh, you know, Cody's question is, is, uh, you know, could he, uh, could he sue for, uh, uh, gold and silver? Well, you know, my response is, this is what I wrote. I said, you could, if the Congress in 1933 had not passed the legal tender laws, this was done to prevent exactly what you're asking about. All contracts are payable in FRNs, legal tender, all property acquired in those contracts is a property and ownership of the U.S. government. Uh, if if anybody here hasn't got a copy of it, it's freely downloadable online from the U uh, from the uh, U.S. Library. It's Senate Resolution 62, contracts payable in gold, 1933. This was done to protect the U.S. Treasury after the gold confiscation and bankruptcy. The gold went into assets of the receivers of the bankruptcy. Who were they? They were the Jew International Bankers, World Bank, International Monetary Fund, Bank for International Settlements. There you have it. Okay. So, so if that's true, if that's true, it is. we've already talked about it, but, but let's, let's go back and just reiterate. Um, the, there's a Heritage.org article on coinage clause, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5, that says, uh, does not allow the states to coin money emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coins a tender in payment of debts. Miracle on Main Street. You're right. Miracle on Main so Street, So how can Cody. states accept it as payment for taxes? Miracle. Though? Because they're, they're not. Miracle they're on not, they're not this, Main Street, yeah, that, Cody. 
because the states they're talking about aren't the state you're living in. Yeah. That's what we <laughs> talked about earlier. Yeah. You're in a different state. Yeah. It's, you uh, might call it a state absolutely. of mind. The book there, you People want. are in a different state of mind. Do you have Miracle on Main Street there in the library, Daryl? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, that's the book you want to read. That's all about that right there, Cody. Okay. And uh, it, the name of the author escapes me. He's one of our great patriots. We lost him a couple of years ago. He also wrote Rulers of Evil, Tupper Saucy. Tupper Saucy. There you go. Yep. That was one of the real first books. There was None Dare Call It Conspiracy, I believe, by North. And some of those, the Rockefeller file, he wrote a bunch of those back in the late 50s and 60s. And that caused the very first ripple. John Birch was getting going around that same time. And, uh, and then one of the other first real early major books was Miracle on Main Street by Tupper Saucy. And he goes into that gold and silver issue at the state level pretty extensively, Cody. Oh, okay. Yeah. How do you get a name like Tupper? Man, he was a really neat guy. I, I was fortunate to meet him and know him a little bit. We had a mutual friend. And um, he was a really cool guy. He was a musician. He's from South Florida. He had a band down around Tampa or something when he's younger. Got moved up to Nashville's in the advertising agent uh, business. Had a very successful advertising agency. Started being a continued being a songwriter. Won a Grammy. Wrote this book, Miracle on Main Street, about the monetary system. And the IRS came after him. They sentenced him to ten years, and he bolted. And he was on the lam for ten years, and that's when he wrote Rulers of Evil. He's a very interesting guy. Highly intelligent. What was he, uh, was he charged with for 10 years? Do what? What was he charged with for getting 10 It was years? some IRS crap. You know, I don't remember what it was. Failure to file something. He went out and married a gal that had a lot of money. And uh, they bought an RV and just traveled the country for 10 years. <laughs> Wasn't he kind of a disciple of Ezra Pound? Is that right? I'm not sure. Probably, you know. Back Eustace Mullins. Eustace Mullins and Ezra Pound and that whole bunch. Oh. And, of course, you don't get much more patriarchal in our movement yeah, than yeah. Eustace Mullins, period. Okay. That's How do you get a I name like Eustace? Eustace and Tupper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Exactly. How, do you, exactly. How do you get a name like Eustace? Where does that come from? <laughs> yeah. So. That, he was the most humble guy. He had the most wonderful attitude. He'd get up there and talk to people and talk about, well, they tried to kill me over here when they burned down a whole hotel to try and kill him. <laughs> and he'd just, like, laugh it off, you know, and just, like, another day in the life. <laughs> he was a hell of a guy, Eustace Mullins. So, hey, I would have we have a lot of – go ahead. Bob. Completely off the bubble here, but Daryl, you're passingly aware that my daughter was wanting to travel, and I know she contacted yeah. you, and uh, given her disability, her she had sent her passport in for some modifications, let's say, uh, different applications, such and such, and this is months and months ago, and with this whole COVID idiocy, it has still... 
it still remains in the State Department somewhere. We're trying to track it down, but that's beside the point. Without it, she had no ID. But she managed to talk her way through the TSA and fly out of Orlando and end up out in Oregon, and she's out there for a week. So I'm curious whether she'll be able to talk her way back on. Hope, hope she's not in Portland, Bob. No, she's not in Portland. No, she made sure she didn't go to Portland. Uh, I'm glad but you brought that. Rate, I'm glad uh, you brought that up. Uh, uh, so one of the listeners got a hold of me over the weekend, listens to Ham Radio, and he was saying that some Ham guys were talking about that the State Department is not issuing passports. And I said, I, I, I've heard they've slowed down, but I haven't heard they're not issuing them anymore, uh, or at least temporarily, with that not permanently. Um, and I suggested, I said, has anybody called the State Department? They got an 800 number. You can call them and ask them on the status of passport uh, applications processing. Um, but I also, yeah, that I also wanted to, to mention for a second... Percent. Let me let me just address something I wanted to mention, and that was our friend Amanda, who's on relatively new. I don't think you've sent yours off yet, Amanda. You hadn't as of last week, and I wanted that's to, correct. I'm okay. waiting for Alan to come back. All right. Well, I want to make started. sure you know because you two both have existing passports that are still current, right? Correct. You have to send those in. If you're doing a I renewal, know, I've been distressing about that. You found out, okay? If you're sending a renewal passport, yeah, I'm not in, happy. which you can do, and you notice that the what's the guiding principle is the warning boxes in both the original application and in the renewal application. That because you can volunteer out at any time. They had to put it in there. Okay, except that when you do have an existing old slave passport, they want you to send it in. Now, here's what will happen, Amanda, and what we don't know is the state of their processing. Okay, but I've had this happen with other with other students and you send both in. They send you the the current one back immediately and then they send you the new one back within whatever time. So you get them back separately, but you have to send them both in when you're applying. So I wanted okay. to make sure you knew that. Yes, thank you. Somebody needs to check with state and see what, is there a bottleneck or they temporarily shut it down? I can't imagine them stopping pro processing passports. They're, they're pleading COVIDity. That's all I can say. <laughs> I contacted you know. multiple times. We've contacted them multiple times. It is pending. It's in process, blah, blah, blah. No, they've never said they stopped. Okay. They're pleading COVID. Okay. My whole point in bringing this up was this, that, as you've said many times, Roger, we impute powers to them that they don't have. And the fact is they often don't have a leg to stand on other than habit. You know, it took some convincing. But she managed to get through security and board the flight with no, um, let's say, typical identification. And I I applauded her for that. <laughs> well, good for her. And, you <laughs> know, listen. Sure, I'm not sure I would have had the moxie to do it myself. She's what, 17, 18, 19 years old? She turned 21 yesterday. Well, congratulations on her, a, a young female, having a poised to go up there and be belligerent and insistent with these people and get on a plane. God bless her. 
Yeah. We can be insistent well, without be belligerence. Oh, Murr. <laughs> I mean, I'm... I hey, mean, I did unmute myself. I bet Murr right could thing. weasel her way onto a plane without ID. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> but I don't want to fly. Yeah, that's some of the states, you know, when you get your driver's license, they have a little gold star if you get your national ID, which you got to show them your um, birth certificate and Social Security, I think. But if you don't, which I don't, it just means you can't go in a federal building or fly in an airplane. Right, so right. can I get a written guarantee? Well, and see, that's the beauty of this process and a passport is because the passport satisfies all those requirements. And now it's linked to your mm -hmm. new status through the admission process and the fact that that document, your affidavit, is tied to that passport. It's very advantageous these days and times. Yeah. Yeah, and we can use this divoke excuse just as well as they can. And I'm saying divoke because I'm reversing the heeb spell and throwing it back at him. You need to say it six times, hex times. And there wasn't 6% with it. There was 0%. They just like that Saturnalia number. They're always throwing stuff in our faces. <laughs> People hey, Roger. with this virus. It lets them rationalize on how stupid we are. Yes, Amanda? This book, uh, Rulers of Evil, I was just looking at it on Amazon. Oh, it's, boy, um, that's a book right there. $200. Yeah. Yeah. Can't. It was only, it was only, well, I, I'll tell you what, I've got it digitally. I can send it to you. Uh, uh, oh, I'd like to read it. It is a masterpiece, really. Tupper spent 10 years researching that, and he's really isolated it back to the Catholic Church, and he's got as much proof in there as you, as you can handle. Okay. Wow. I mean, I've got, I, I put a letter, I put an excerpt from his book that I picked out of reading it in mine, and it was a quote from the guy that was head of the Jesuits, and he was writing a letter to one of these kings or something in France or whatever, and he said, mm -hmm. Your Excellency, from this office, I control the world, and no one knows how I do it. Yeah, Rothschild money, though, since 1823. So, anyway, uh, that's a very worthwhile read, Amanda. Anybody else, the reason it's so expensive well, is it was uh, only put out in pay, in, in, as a coffee table book. He didn't want to put it out as a paperback. Uh, I see. It's full of illustrations. Well, there was another book. All kind. Do you yeah. have that one in the library, Daryl? The hardback, by any chance? Uh, no, send me the uh, send me the uh, digital on that, and I'll I'll add it to my uh, okay. to the library here. Okay. There's another book I just picked up. Uh, uh, is anybody aware of the the writings of Martin Luther? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know his, his you know who he was. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Have you ever heard of the Have you ever heard of the book? Uh, the Lies of Jews by Martin Luther. Anybody? You ever heard of that, Roger? No. The Lies of Jews? No, I don't think I have. Yeah. Well, you know, here's this guy, Martin Luther, who's pretty important in the protest ant um, community. And uh, 
they, they probably don't, the dispensationalists probably don't want to read his book. Uh, it's, uh, so it's, it's coming soon. They want to treat him like uh, a saint. And he wasn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, none of us are. Don't suppose you want to give us a thumbnail. I have to, I have to get the book. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I, I just wondered, I was, I was sort of dumbstruck when I ran across it in a reference somewhere the the lies of Jews by Martin Luther. And I go, I've never heard of this, you know, out of all of the things that I've read. And that was the first time I'd seen it referenced. So I, I actually bought a copy of it. So it's coming. So just like that Irish I got book it that was of, written by the Jew yeah. and no, none of yeah. us can find it. Yeah. Yeah. The so, Jewish money lender. Wasn't that the uh, title of it? The Jewish money lender. I don't remember who the author was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've got I've got a good friend here who is a evangelical dispensationalist, and uh, he's always he's always going on about singing the praises of Martin Luther. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get this book for him and let him read it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the actual title is the, the Jews and Their Lies. I guess it's the yeah. title, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mur. So. Well, anyway, I've drawn towards the close here today. It's been a very good, brisk program today, centered around the 14th Amendment a lot, a lot of uh, kind of tying it in a little bit to what's going on. And um, Good, interesting. Did anybody else have any questions or comments before we check out that any points you weren't clear on? Well, I tell you, clear is clear, clear as mud must be clear as clear. I haven't had a chance to look at it, but Dave Hodges has got a new one, claims the military is on the move to somewhere. I only saw the tagline in my Redfield. Hopefully it's Portland. Redfield, Utah. Redfield, Utah. Is, oh, yeah, I heard he's a lot got of a that. Big, uh, yeah, yeah. I, underground bases and lots of flights in and out on uh, flight.com or something like that. Uh, and... Uh, He's suggesting that there's a very uh, large underground facility, much like Bluffdale and Cheyenne Mountain in that particular area. Well, I think we all know that anything could happen. I, I, I mean, literally, we're at a time where the scale could tip any any direction and any amount uh, at the drop of a hat, literally. Uh, it's false flag you territory, folks. Have. We're in false flag territory. What do you got, Murr? Well, if Trump were to use, now this I'd read, the 14th Amendment the day before the election, so that puts everybody on notice, okay, then he hanky-panky, and then the day after, arrest them all. Use the 14th Amendment to arrest them all. Well, they could certainly be arrested. I'm hoping they're going back and tracing the funding and going after some of the bigger fish here. And it looks like they they are doing that. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, you, the line of demarcation is pretty damn optimistic. Uh, it, it'd be optimistic. They lose. Uh, I think we're going to see the Chinese Communist Party go down. Uh, and uh, these people are absolutely desperate. They're resorting to desperate measures, and they're doing what they absolutely hate to do is to take the mask off. And even their own troops, I believe, have gotten a little bit out of control. Okay, 
So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's a day-by-day situation. It's interesting as hell. I'm sure glad I'm sitting way far away from it and not right in the heat of it like some of these unfortunate folks find themselves. Something very noteworthy I heard Trump mention was when he was speaking about what we call China, he called it chin And I thought that was especially noteworthy, but uh, I'm not sure it's not Zio-China. Well, the original founder that united all the feuds was named Chin. So technically, he's right. They added the A, China. So... Well, well, he did a good thing, too, calling it the China virus to break the devoke COVID yep. spell. Yep. Yeah. So, hold anything but that because it's nothing anyway. So, people well, think they have Stuxnet. Looks like you know, the they good. They do viral videos and your computer is a virus. As, as much as you <laughs> can like say. A, like a, a transhuman beta test. As much as you can call them the good guys, it looks like they may be asserting a little bit of control over the situation. I hope we'll see as we go forward. We'll certainly talk about it here. Um, and uh, I sure appreciate all of you being along today, either in person here on the forum or listening later on the replays, either at the network tonight uh, at 10 o'clock Eastern or uh, over on CastBox FM. I usually forget to mention that Jim Ram is next. I won't forget to do that today, however. And I think John and Kathy may be on there with him. Not sure. But Jim Ram will be next. And I'll see you all manana in la manana. And have a real good day. Thanks. Good, uh, good, good issues and topics today. A meaty program, folks. Thank you. Like Thanks, my Amish friend said, pray without ceasing. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. Good idea right there. Hasta la vista, baby. Go feed, go feed that dog something, Chris. I'll see you tomorrow.